All right. We have guests right there that needs one. Oh, that's more than a couple. That was good. I thought a couple was usually two. He just kept going. All right. Sorry if you didn't if you didn't get one there. I apologize. I should have printed more. When we go two weeks, it's, it takes more, obviously. All right, so how Baptists differ from other Christian traditions. That's where we're at now. So Baptists differ from most other Christian groups in that most Baptists recognize no specific human founder or leader. Is that, do you understand that? So, so other denominations we talked about already, like the Lutherans would look to Luther, obviously. You've got those that would look to Calvin. You have those that look to the to uh, the uh, to uh, uh, John Wesley. You, you've got those. You've got those that look to different human. They would point back to a man and say, "That's where our denomination started." Um, Baptists, we don't do that. We we would go back. Baptists would tip, go back and say. Again, it's a New Testament church. We go back to the model of the New Testament church, and we would say our founder is the Lord Jesus Christ. So consequently, Baptists believe that the Bible alone is their authority for all manners, uh, matters of faith and practice. The Bible it alone is our authority as Baptists for all manners, uh, all matters concerning faith and practice. All about our faith and all about how we live our lives. It, it's, it's the Word of God is the authority, not some creed. Creeds are okay. You, the Apostles' Creed is great. There are a lot of different creeds, a lot of different things that people would have. There's a lot of great books written about the Bible, but we're not going to take a book that someone's written about the Bible or some article that people have written about the Bible, and that be our authority. We're going to go back to the Bible. Amen? And that's, that, and that's, that's a distinctive of us as, as Baptists. The unifying principle among among Baptist churches and people has never been a human leader, official creed, or denominational hierarchy, but rather a common allegiance to the whole Bible and its authority alone. Uh, Baptists may and do understand and interpret some things found in the Scriptures differently, but confessing Baptists do not cite other sources of authority to make their case. They keep the discussion centered on the question, what saith the word of God? What saith the Lord? What does the Lord have to say about this? You know, there's things you don't want to hear. Is, well, I know what the Bible says. This is one I, I don't ever want to hear. I just, I just really don't like to hear this, so if you, don't say it to me, okay? If you thought it, say it, but I'm going to tell you, I ain't going to like it. I know what the Bible says, but. There's no but. If the Bible says it and says it clearly, and we know what the Bible teaches about it, there are no buts there. There are no buts. There's no buts in there. It's, it's what the Bible says. And, and that's what we go by. Well, you know, the, you start trying to... No, no, no. We go back to the Word of God. In general, Baptists recognize that tradition... Creeds and confessions, uh, personal experience and human reasoning may all have a place in the New Testament church, but none of these are the final authority for faith or practice. Men's ideas, customs, and fallible writings will never usurp God's word as the standard for what Baptists believe and live out. We're going to go by the word of God. People of the book is indeed a proper nickname for Christians who claim the name Baptist. Now, let me just put an asterisk on that. I'd say churches that are like us as Baptists, because as we already shared, there are Baptists 
that they're, they're um, uh, binos. They're binos. You know, we got rhinos. Right, Republican in name only, or dinos, I guess. I don't know of any dinos. But we got, we got binos who are they're Baptist in name only. There are some groups of Baptists that they are, they are anything but a Baptist. I mean, they got it in their name, but by what they stand on doctrinally is not. And, and so true Baptist, when we're talking about being a, a, a real Baptist, we're people of the book. So if you want to ask, if somebody asks you, you know, why are you a Baptist? Man, my first answer would be, because we're people of the book. Because we go back to the book. We, we, we understand our faith. Everything that we need to know about our faith comes from the book. Every decision that we live by in life comes from the book. Uh, our authority is the book. It all goes back to the book. I've heard people say they don't. They don't, you know, the Bible's not so important. They just love Jesus and follow Jesus. And I just want to, yeah, yeah, that's exactly, that's why I didn't want to say it. Thanks for saying it for me. You say it, you write down, I'll sign it, okay? Yeah, you do. You're like, what do you mean? You can't know Jesus without the book. It's his book. The most, listen to this quote, the most prominent basis for religious authority within Baptist distinctives is the Bible. Among other Christian denominations, Baptists appeal to the Bible as their ultimate or sole source for theology. Baptists distance themselves from others, however, by claiming a complete dependence upon Scripture as the principal founding for belief and practice, whereas other Christian groups incorporate sources for religious authority such as tradition and experience, Baptists contend that they alone consistently regard the Bible their religious authority. That was written by John Quincy Adams in 1858. That's a, that's a, that's, it helps us to understand that's our foundation. That ought to be our foundation today. It's the, it's the book. So then the next header here is divine authority of the Bible. Baptists believe that only by divine revelation, only by divine revelation can God make known his character, his purposes, and his commands. Um, it, it, we have the word of God by divine revelation. And what we have, what we know of God comes through his book. It comes through his word, what he has given to us. Now, there are folks that will, will, will put more emphasis, again, on experience. I, I, I shared, I don't know, a week or two ago when we got started in this, people talk about, um, you know, God told me to do this. Well, the, when the Word of God says you don't do that, then I know God didn't tell you to do that. And it, 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 we, have to, we have to be careful when we start with the, well, God told me to do this. How did he tell you to do this? Folks, if it didn't come out of the Word of God, I don't put a whole lot of credibility on it. If you had a dream, you had an epiphany, you spent some time praying and, and, and you heard, and I, I'm just telling you, I don't put a whole lot of credit, credibility on I, I audibly heard God speak to me. Because there's nothing in the Word of God that tells us he does that. Here, we, we have the Word of God, and it's through the Word of God that he speaks to us. 
How, we talk to God through prayer. He speaks to us through His Word. Now, the Lord can speak to us and reveal things to us and confirms things to us in a lot of ways, but He speaks to us through His Word. He doesn't say, um, Trish, 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 I want you to go pastor a church. And Trish goes, but, but Lord, I, the Bible says, Trish, are you questioning me? Go, go pastor a church. If you come telling me that's your experience, what you'd have to say is, Preacher, I know what the Bible says, but. <laughs> and and God, doesn't, God does not contradict himself in his, through his word and outside of his word. He's not going to tell you to do something that he hasn't told you in his word. Okay, It's not going to conflict with his word. The message God gave uh, in the Holy Scriptures is therefore understood to be completely authoritative for mankind's matters of life and death. God, uh, God's word alone has endured the test of time and the given fulfillment to the human soul. The Bible stands without error or contradiction. It's important to understand. And, and uh, have you ever heard people go, well, the Bible says this here and it says this, this there. Yeah, you know, some will look for, they look for anything that they can point out as an error. One of, one of the things, I'm going to digress here, I'm going to digress, I'm going to take a little trail. So one of them would be at the, with the Christmas story, not the Christmas story, the resurrection story. So you have the different gospels that record, you know, what went on there at the tomb. And if you read those, and if you're going to read them looking for exactly the same thing, you're going to go, well, they don't say the exact same thing. Right? But, but how many, if you read th four different Gospels, how many guys are you reading? Four. Okay? So if God said, it, here's the thing. If they were all going to say the exact same thing, why, right, why did we need four Gospels? They, were, they all focus on a different thing, a different aspect of, of our Lord. But, but here's the thing. Let's say that Brent and, 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 and John and... Bob are standing out here, and there's a wreck at the corner. They all saw it, and the cops get here, and they say, hey, we need y'all to write up what you saw. I promise you there's going to be, they're not going to sound exactly alike. Why? Because they're, you're, it all, you got three different personalities, but you got three different perspectives. Somebody may focus on the blue truck more than the red Honda. Okay? So one of you focused might be the emphasis may be more on the red Honda. The other may be more on the blue truck. One may be more on the sound of the crash. That may be the emphasis. But remember, the Holy Spirit is the author. The Holy Spirit is the writer of the Scriptures. All these men did was pen what God told them to say. And so the Lord is revealing to us different things. And if you go out and study it, if you really study those out, because I'll, I'll tell you with confidence, there are no contradictions in the Scriptures. You just got to study it out and understand full context of everything, and, and it, will, it will mesh just like this. So don't let somebody tell you, oh, there's, there's errors in there. There's that. No, no. The Bible stands without error or contradiction. Therefore, it is the only proper authority that dictates what the church of Jesus Christ must believe and practice. Now, it's inspired. The Word of God is inspired. 
We have uh, uh, some verses. I think I've listed the verses there that you can reference. I'm going to read some of these here. Um, but 2 Timothy 3.16 says that all Scripture is inspired by God. It literally means God breathed. God breathed. And the, and the picture of that's really a, a simple picture, uh, even, even with Paul himself. You know, when Paul, when Paul wrote a letter, did Paul write the letter usually? Had somebody writing it, right? Paul, Paul voiced it. Paul, the Holy Spirit was telling Paul what to tell them to write. Does that make sense? So Paul, Paul is voicing to the secretary, to, the, to whoever was going to pin that. But then by the end, Paul would put his name. So Paul penned it in the sense that Paul wrote it. It was, it was through his, his mind. But it was God behind him going, now say this. Now say this. Now say this. It's the Holy Spirit that told Paul exactly what to tell him. He inspired every word of that. Um, so, the, so the scriptures are not a product of man. They're a product of God Almighty. Second Peter 1.20. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of, a, is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man. But holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So the words that came that were inspired words were inspired by God and spoken by man. So God is the author, man is the pen of the scriptures. The biblical doctrine of inspiration has two applications. The first is there's, there's plenary, um, which means complete in every aspect. So we believe that the, it's complete. The word is complete. And then there's verbal which means that the very words are inspired in the original manuscripts, not just the thoughts or concepts. So today we have, there are, there are folks who will, um, there's folks that get a bad rap sometimes. Uh, I told y'all I am a missionary. I'm a missionary to the Independent Baptist and I'm a missionary to the Southern Baptist. Because typically, they don't like each other. And, and a lot of the independent Baptists think the Southern Baptists have lost their minds. Because we don't use the King James Bible. We, don't, we have drums on the stage. Um, we would, we would, well, you can go to a lot of extents, even, of electric guitars or different things. It just depends. Uh, folks, you can find churches that go from the spectrum all the way to that wall to all the way to this wall. Different, different things. Um, and most Southern Baptist churches think the independent Baptists where they're just all crazy fanatics. And they're not. There's some are. Some are just crazy. They're not even fanatics. They're just crazy. We've got the same thing in the Southern Baptist. And you've got the same thing in the Lutheran church and, and in the Nazarene church and the church of God and the church of Christ. Why? Because you've got people. When people get involved, you're going to have some, some, some different things. But there are folks that would tell you that the 1611 King James Bible is the only Bible for English-speaking people. Where does it say that? Well, it, it, it doesn't say that. It doesn't say that. Um, and, and I don't, I'm, I've never believed that. It, and I, I've told you all, I was in independent Baptist churches. I've been in Southern Baptist churches. first church I was ever in was a Southern Baptist. I've been in... I was on staff at an independent Baptist church. I was on staff of a non-affiliated church. I've been on staff of Southern Baptist churches. So I've been in different places. So I've seen a lot of different things. 
But these guys that take that stance is kind of strange. Here's what we believe, though. We absolutely, folks, believe that the Word of God is absolutely inspired and inerrant and infallible in the original language. That's, where, that's what we go back to. And when we study, I don't care, I, 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 I do kind of care. There's some translations I'm not a fan of. There's some I just, I, I don't endorse. Um, but when you really study, and I hope you do this, and if you don't now, it's this simple. You can go online and you can get a free app called Olive Tree. And there's a lot of different apps. I use Olive Tree. But you can get, you can get I, I use the, the New King James, but I have the New King James with Strong's. I can click on any word and it'll go back to the original language and tell me what that word means. Super, super simple. We're going back to the, the original language. It's what we want to look at, the original writings. Now, a lot of the translations are, are very, very, very good. But it's interesting when you lay them side by side and every word in a, maybe one verse, and Todd would be very familiar with this, and in four different versions, you may have four different words for one particular word. And this one that says, oh, we're much easier to read and understand, a lot of times I read it and go, well, I understood the King James a whole lot better than I understand that word. Did you pick that one just to be different? Because it's not easier. You know, a fifth grader is not going to understand that better. That made no sense. Is it just, you got to understand too today, a lot of that is there's copyright and there's money to be made. Just go back and understand the original, those original manuscripts were inspired. God didn't make a mistake back then and correct it in 1611. Okay? There's guys I'm friends with that would believe that. They believe the 1611, the King James Bible, is the inspired Word of God. Well, it is the inspired Word of God in the sense that it is a translation of the inspired Scriptures. Okay? I believe that. As is the New American Standard, the ESV, King James Bible. Okay? Words are inspired in the original manuscripts. Baptists believe that all of the very words of the Bible are inspired by God. So we believe it's inspired. We believe it's inerrant and infallible. Psalm 119, verse 87, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Matthew 5, 18, For assuredly, I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. John 10, 35, If he called them gods to whom the word of God came and the scripture cannot be broken. The scripture cannot be broken. Revelation 22, 18 and 19. For I testify, testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to the, the, these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from these words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. Whatever the Bible affirms, Baptists have historically accepted as true. Okay? So, again, we go, if we go, go back to the Scriptures, if the Bible says it, then we're going to believe it. I, I, believe, I believe that God created the earth in six days. I believe that. And I believe if you do the timeline from the scriptures that our earth is not 
billions of years old. It's not millions of years old. It's just a few thousand years old. And if you really want to investigate it, the science backs that up more than it backs up any kind of evolutionary theory or billions of years. You, you, there's so many things you can look at in that. Um, the, the, the moon around the earth. Uh, let's see, it's getting closer. So if it were billions of years old, it would have already crashed into the earth. And there's, there's, there's tons of things you can look at. The bombardier beetle. There's no way we evolved. The bombardier beetle would have blown itself up the first time. Here's the one that gets me, though. Don't you have to have male and female? Well, today you don't. Today you don't. I, that doesn't, you can be whatever, you know. But in reality, in the real world, when you get out of Barbie land and fantasy land, then, then in the real world, it's a male and a female to procreate, right? So if, if, if that's the case, then everything that exists today evolved a male and a female of the species at the exact same time. That right there is enough to go, y'all are crazy. There's no way. There's no, you, you have to, you're a fanatical zealot for evolutionary theory. You are a religious zealot. And your religion is evolutionary theory, if you're going to believe that. And you've got more faith than I have, if you really believe that. Because the, the odds... Statistically, it is statistically beyond impossible. Scientists who study these things will tell you it is beyond impossible that that's how the earth came to be. So maybe it's just that what God said is true. Amen? So we as Baptists, if the Bible says it, if the Bible says it, then, then I'm going to believe it. Now, with that, you've got to make sure you're not misinterpreting some scriptures, okay? So if you, look at, if you look at something in reality and you go, boy, reality doesn't match scripture, so the scripture's wrong. No, the scripture's never wrong. All right, so I'll give you an example of that. Um, raise up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from. So we, we have taught, I've heard that verse taught, I've heard it expounded that. That means if you bring your kids up in church, you bring them up right at home, you give them the Word of God, they might, they might get a little rebellious for a little while or something, but boy, in the end, they're going to come home. That's what the, would anybody say that's, you kind of agree that's what's taught? You bring your kids up right, you bring them up, you know, you, you, raise up your child in the way you should go. And they won't depart from it. They'll stay in, they'll be in church for always. They'll serve the Lord always. They'll never go, there'll never be any of that. Does that match what we see in life? So the word of God must be wrong. That's the deduction people get. Well, this doesn't match this. No, no, no. God's word's never wrong. So we're misinterpreting that verse. So when you go back and do a little homework about what that verse actually means, it's not a promise if you raise your kids right that, that, that they'll be saved. That's not the promise of that verse. You can go study it out. So the Word of God is, it, it's infallible. It's true. It's, it's, uh, it's inerrant. Even the Word? He went right back to the Word. Isn't that something? 
Isn't that something that he inspired it and told him what to write? Then he came as a man and he believed what he wrote. He does. He confirms it again and again and again. We believe what the Bible says is true. We accept it as true. No human opinion or decree of any church, denomination, or individual can supersede, add to, or subtract from the Bible. There are those, I told y'all I had an aunt. I had an aunt in Georgia, and the, the church my dad was, I don't know that my dad really ever spent time in church as a kid, but the family was associated with a Presbyterian church, and it's a liberal Presbyterian church in Isla, Georgia. And I have an aunt who was attending there, and this was probably 20 years ago. But I remember her making the comment, well, we're just, here's, we, just, we just draw the lines out a little further to include more people. The only problem with that, that is you can't do that. We, we don't get to change the Word of God. We don't get to change it. We don't get to change the interpretation of it. We don't get to put on it what we want it to mean. We have to learn what does the Word say. And then how, now how does that apply to us today? We don't go, well, you know, all right, how many of you, here's what's happening today. People are changing, they're changing the Bible. So what I hear is that the homosexual community, many of them who want to be religious and, and still practice homosexuality because they're not acknowledging it's sin. Listen, it's sin. It would be no different than, Doug, if, if me and you said, you know what, we're going to be adulterers. But we can still be just faithful Christians. It, it's sin. It's sexual sin. So if someone's in homosexuality or transgenderism or whatever, it's sin. But there's a denying of there's a denying of the Word of God, and some of them will tell you today, well, the Word of God does not, it doesn't condemn homosexuality. There's a, there's a version out now, I think it was written in, in 2012, and if I'm not mistaken, what I read at least said they, there were eight verses, eight passages they changed. All eight of them were changed to make the homosexual act they redefine it. In the, they make it mean. They change the wording so it means something different. So it doesn't mean homosexuality in the sense of uh, of a homosexual act. It could have been rape, homosexual rape, but it wasn't a homosexual relationship. And they've called it the Queen James Bible. I, I'd never heard of that till just when I was studying for our, our sticks and stones series. That's one of the things I discovered. So you rewrite scripture. Yeah, the problem is, folks, we can't do that. We're, we're, man is not the author of the Scriptures. God is. So we have to stay true to the Word of God. Uh, that means that whatever subject the Bible addresses, most Baptists will receive it as God's truth, including matters of science and history, which some Christian groups willingly question. There are groups today that are bending over backwards trying to, and this has been going on a long time, the gap theories and different things that, it, it, and, and here's what they try to do. Well, the Bible only says this and science says this, so they try to integrate the two and try to go the six days of creation. Well, you know, on the first day it was this, and so that's these millions of years of evolutionary process. Well, that's great. So we got plant life millions of years before we have a sun. How does that work? How does that work? Um, so, we, we, uh, 
Well, there's others that are questioning now, groups that are saying women can pastor. And they're just, they're just going to explain away scripture that just right in your face says different. And we've been very clear in here. This is, that's not a sexist thing. I'm not being a male chauvinist because God's not a male chauvinist. God, God knew, who, why are you a male or a female? Did you choose? Did you get in line? Did you get in line and go, male or female? Oh, which one do I be? Which one? Uh, you know, there's your way out. I want to be, you know what? I think I'll be born a male. No, God determined that. And at conception, it was already determined whether you're male or female. You're born. So you are already male or female. Who knew that? Who knew that? God. God. Who designed that? Who had a plan for that? God. God, right? So if God did that, and then God says, Trish, if God wanted Trish to be a pastor, he wouldn't have had her born a female. His plan, his plan, it would, have, it would have been different. Now, it's not that, but it's amazing. Some people go, well, if I can't be that, then, then I'm, you're denying me opportunity to serve God. No, we're not. There are millions of ways to serve God. We've got 100, we had 180 people in here Sunday morning. We have one senior pastor. We don't have 179 senior pastors. There's different roles that, that we all have. Amen? Some roles that males, males have, some roles that... Listen, I, no, I don't want to do this. <laughs> but are you? I, I was just thinking, you know what? I would love to have raised my kids. But then I thought, no. No, I really... I had a, I had, I had a year with Jordan where I just... Her first year, I stayed with her at home and, uh, on Fridays. I worked Monday through Thursday and then Saturday. And Gina, was, she worked on Friday. So I stayed home for the first year. I was a nervous wreck. I just, I don't do well with that. I'm, I, if they're crying, I'm like, how do I, why are they crying? What do I do? What do I, you know, I remember we watched, uh, I wouldn't watch it now, but uh, we watched, we would put on Teletubbies. <laughs> I remember she, that would entertain her when the sun would come up and the little face in the sun would, would smile or whatever it did. She would be happy with that. I'd be like trying to get a nap because, I mean, I was, I was nervous. Right? But here's the, the thing I would think would be great would be to watch my kids see their first steps, hear their, hear their, their first words, those things. So women have, have a role that's incredible. Now, I'm not saying, oh, boy, he just said women ought to stay home. Yeah, I think you should be barefoot and pregnant and in the kitchen. That's what women should. That's not what I'm saying. That's what somebody will hear, though. That preacher, he's a male chauvinist. No, we have, we have different roles. Male, men have responsibilities. I mean, I'm going to bear the burden. I'll stand before the Lord and give account of how I've, I've shepherded my home. And now I'm going to give account of how I've shepherded this church. That's a heavy burden. It's a heavy burden. So in summation, Baptists believe the Bible determines what we believe about any subject it addresses. Divine content of the Bible. The Bible direct you to, will direct you to heaven and tell you how to live for God. It stands for all time as the revelation from God's mouth to human ears. As the psalmist saying in Psalm 119.89, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. For Baptists, these major areas of Christian experience find the source of truth in God's word alone. That's where we go, people. You want to know, how do I live my life? Go to the word of God. What, what, what should I do, preacher? What, you know, how, what do I need to do? Go to the Word of God. 
Go to the Word of God. The answers are there. And, and folks, we have the Holy Spirit of God. If we're born again, we have the Holy Spirit of God who is indwelling us. And as we read the Word of God, He'll guide us to where we need. To, how, many, how many of you could, could, could tell a testimony? You've had a time in your life where you were reading the Scriptures and you went, that's exactly what I needed. That's exactly what I needed. That's what I was searching. If we search, He's going to give the answers. The Holy Spirit of God is going to direct us to those answers. Um, we believe it's the source of salvation. Not, not the source in the sense of, of, of the, it's not the Bible that saves us, but it's the Bible that reveals to us the way of salvation. The most important point within the Baptist distinctive uh, is the complete authority of God's word, is the emphasis on salvation, how one receives forgiveness of sin and eternal life. Now, Baptists believe that all who in faith receive the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior are born again by the Holy Spirit and thus become the children of God. The salvation of sinners is holy of God by grace on the basis of the redemption of Jesus Christ, uh, the merit of his shed blood, and not on the basis of human merit or works. It's not our works. There's no work we can do to save ourselves. Nothing that we can do. It, that, that's, I've shared with you, listen, if you want a great... You want a great little gospel presentation book. It's 100 pages, but it's this big. It's this big. It's 100 pages. Short read. It's called Done. And it really deals with the fact that every world religion out there says you have to do, 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 and then you still hope that when you get to the beyond, that you hope that maybe you can get beyond the beyond and get to heaven or whatever, whatever they believe. Christianity isn't about the do's. Christianity is about the done. It is done. D-O-N-E, period. It's done. Everything that needed to be done, which, by the way, none of us could do, Jesus came and did. He did it. It's done. We can't do it. We don't have to do it. We can't do it. We just receive it. Confess our, we confess our sins. We confess ourselves sinner. We believe by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and we're born again. Now, salvation involves redemption, regeneration, sanctification, and glorification. Uh, okay, sufficient for faith and practice, 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. Um, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Profitable. It's profitable. Uh, it's helpful. It's serviceable. It's advantageous for doctrine. It, you know, it tells us what is right. Reproof. You know, what, is, what is not right. Correction. tells us how to get right. And instruction in righteousness tells us how to stay right. So the Word of God gives us all of that. Tells us what, what's right and what's wrong. It tells us, you know, it tells us how to get right when we're not right. And then it tells us how to stay right and how to live right. The Word gives us everything we need. The New Living Translation. Now, again, I don't endorse some reads, but some versions, some things you can read. The, the, I'd say this: the message. Sometimes reading the message, it's it's a paraphrase, so you can read it and go, "Oh, that's a okay." I, it can help you sometimes with a verse. You go, what, what exactly is it saying? It may be coming across. And you live in translations that way as well. But I, I love the way this verse says, explains this verse. 
All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip His people to do every good work. It's sufficient for faith and practice. It's the standard for, for uh, church conduct. 1 Timothy uh, 3.14 and 15, These things I write to you, though I hope to come to you shortly, but if I am delayed, I write so that you may know uh, how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. Now, uh, an acceptance of the teachings and truths of the Bible is a baseline indicator of who Baptists are and how they live and operate their churches. In this regard, someone has aptly said the Bible is a Baptist book. In, the, in their 1999 work, uh, Baptist and the Bible, uh, Russ Bush and Tim Nettles wrote this, that historically Baptists have built their theology from a strong foundation. Holy Scripture was taken to be uh, God's infallible revelation in words. What God said, Baptists believed. Scripture has been the cornerstone, the common ground, the point of unity. Edward Hiscox summarized this Baptist doctrinal distinctive in his famous handbook, The New Dictionary for Baptist Churches, written in 1859. And he says this, these three basic truths of the Word of God have always been at the forefront of Baptist belief, inerrancy, infallibility, and inspiration. It must be the final authority in faith and practice, for it is God's Word given to man to reveal himself and to instruct mankind in the way of salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. It is the instruction manual in righteousness and cannot be superseded by any other set of rules or creeds of man. The dictates of man must never usurp the position of preeminence of the Holy Bible. What a great paragraph. Amen. Amen. 1859. Folks, that's where we need to be in 2023. That's the stance we need to have on the Word of God. It is inerrant. means there's no errors in it. It is inspired. It means God inspired it. God gave it to us. He wrote it. He inspired it. It's inerrant and it's infallible. Now, what does infallible mean? It, it means this. This is one of the interpretations, one of the way of thinking about this. It is infallible in that what the Bible says it can do, it will do. It will not let you down. If the Bible says, if you believe by faith, you repent and you believe by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you know what? The Word of God's infallible. You won't get to heaven and go, but, but, I, but I believed, Lord. Eh, well, you, you know, you didn't check this box right. No, the Word of God, what it says, it does. Amen? Amen. All right. 745. On the nose. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the greatest gift other than sending your son Jesus to die for our sin. Giving us hope of salvation through a relationship with him.